Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. I had an email that came in from a listener uh, that says this, Dr. Moore, I enjoy your weekly signpost uh, broadcast, and I found them to be helpful and edifying. And so I wanted to ask you this question. Recently, in the annual pursuit of Christmas presents for my children, I've stumbled upon a question that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Is it wise for Christian parents to allow video games in their home? Uh, and if so, how do we make the, the right decisions about these kinds of devices? From Carl. Carl, that's a great question, and it's one that, um, as a dad of boys, uh, I've had this issue to deal with in my own home. And you're right, as we come up against Christmas time, a lot of parents are thinking through uh, issues of what sorts of things should I buy and, and have around for my kids. And when it comes to the issue of video games, I think sometimes Christian parents who don't have a lot of background in video games at all can sometimes become really fearful of video games generally. And I think that that that's because uh, of a number of things. I mean, one of them is we see examples of some of the worst aspects of video games themselves. So if you don't have any familiarity with video games and all you hear about are really violent, really sexualized sorts of video games, and you might assume that that's that that's all that there is uh, to them. Kind of like uh, I've had people who have uh, who have moved to the United States from Japan or, or places like this who have said that that their friends said to them, "Oh, you're you're going to immediately be shot when you get to the United States, and there's there's all of this crime because they're." only familiar with the United States from watching films that are, are often very violent. And so they assume that, that life in the United States is just one big gunfight uh, all the time. I think if your perspective on video games are along those lines, then you would have a uniformly negative uh, sort of view. Or if you're someone who you're accustomed to seeing kids or adults who are just wholly given over to video games, then you could be really wary. And and there are, uh, this happens um, many times where you see people who just sit around playing video games all the time. And in my own neighborhood, uh, we have kids who don't even come outside and play anymore because they've, they've gotten some sort of video game set and they're just they're just focused on that, and their their life is in front of a screen. Yeah, I think if you see that, then then your impulse is to say, I don't want this happening to my child, and so let me do whatever I can to keep that from happening uh, to my child. I think the answer to that is not saying no video games uh, at all. Now, of course, it might be in your home. You might say, in our home, uh, we're not going to have video games. We've decided that that's what uh, pleases the Lord. I think most people, though, that's not a conscience issue for them. It's an issue instead of, of wisdom. And so what I would do is I would call your attention to a really important passage in 
Colossians, in which the Apostle Paul says this uh, to the church at at Colossae in verse uh, 20. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings? These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Now, of course, there's not a one-to-one parallel between video games and the the sorts of issues raised by the Apostle Paul in this text. Here here you have a a church where there are false teachers that are coming in, and they're promising a a kind of freedom from sin through, um, through denying the body, as though the problem is merely external to you. There's not, a, there's not a one-to-one comparison there. Where I think there is an analogy is where the Apostle Paul says these things are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So the problem isn't, isn't simply cutting off access to whatever is outside of you that might cause you a problem. Now, of course, there are going to be all sorts of things that you say, um, we're not going to have around because uh, these things are inherently dangerous to our kids or because our kids are not at an age where those things are appropriate for them. But video games don't have to be in that category. Uh, what I would say to you is if in, in determining video games, I think there are a number of things that as parents we have to do. One of those things is to become familiar with the world of video gaming uh, so that we're, we're really able to understand how the rating systems work in terms of uh, alerting us to violence or to sexuality or to the glorification of things that are themselves wrong. So you, you don't want your child participating in something that's going to give your child a sense that somehow it's good or thrilling to participate in robbery or torture or murder or something along along those lines. Figure out how to how to read the rating systems. Figure out how to read reviews online of video games and those sorts of things, so that you know uh, what the category is that you're dealing with. That's the first thing. And so, if you're going to say, "Okay, we're going to have video games," and we're just going to say, "Kids, go pick out whatever video games you want," that's not really wise parenting. Not just in video games, but really in in anything. But secondly, put parameters around the use of video games that enable your children to have balanced lives. I mean, one of the things that that we do as we're growing up is to start to set habits in terms of our own lives. It doesn't mean that we follow those habits necessarily the rest of our lives. I think I watched too much television as a kid. If, if my children watched as much television as I watched as a kid, I would be really concerned. It didn't set a pattern for me. I watch hardly any television, relatively speaking, now. But generally, there are all sorts of things that we kind of build as habits, especially those things that become kind of comforts to us, those things that that because they're familiar to us, we go to in a time of stress. And so what you don't want is to have your children at an age when they're not able to decide how to balance those things to just give themselves over completely uh, to the life of the screen. 
And so the way we do that in our house is to, we allow video games, we allow video games that we choose, so, so only certain video games, others we don't, and we set a time limit, a really kind of restrictive time limit, only, uh, only a certain amount of time every week and only on certain days can the video games be played. Now, what that does is this. It doesn't put you into a situation where the video games become the forbidden. And I think that's, you know, some parents I think might say, well, we don't really want to spend the time that it takes to go through and, and deciphering between good video games and bad video games. We don't have enough expertise to do that. And we, we don't really want to add one more thing to ourselves and monitoring how much time is balanced between outside play and video games and those sorts of things. We don't want to fool with that. So it's easier just to say no video games, video games are bad. I think the problem with that is that there is a, a tendency in our fallen nature to take the forbidden and to sort of uh, be drawn to the forbidden. Now, again, there are some things that are just forbidden. And so we can't say, yeah, we want to have our kids a little bit in strip clubs so that they don't see strip clubs as something forbidden and be drawn. No, of course not. You're not going to do that. But when it comes to something that is as morally neutral as video gaming, if you just say this is bad, this is wrong, you're not going to do it, you're going to run the very real risk that your children are going to see that as alluring because of the forbiddenness, and then they're going to put themselves into it when they do have the freedom uh, to, to move toward video games in a way that doesn't have any sort of balance, that doesn't have any understanding of, of limits to it. I mean, I, I've, I've mentioned, I think, on this on this program before about when I was a kid that we, we had some friends that we knew who were in a really, really strict kind of authoritarian religious home where there was no television. They could watch no television. It was kind of their self-identity as a family that they could watch no television. And these people, when they would come to our house, the first thing they wanted to do is to go to the television and they never wanted to leave. And it didn't even matter what was on. So we, we would just be, this is, this is public access uh, city council meeting or whatever. I mean, this isn't even anything interesting. But the very fact that they were watching television was kind of this is how they maintained their freedom from their parents. Um, I think you could easily move into a situation like that when it comes to video games. Instead, let your kids know, okay, video games are fine as long as they fall under the sort of direction of life that Jesus has laid out for us. And they're fine as long as they're part of a balanced life. And, and so this, this video game might seem to you to be the only thing that you're interested in right now, but there are other things that you need to be involved in as well. And you build that into the life of, of the child. Now, can you predict that by doing that, that your child is not going to, when he or she moves off to college, move into some ultra-violent, blood-soaked sort of uh, sexually explicit video game and be involved in that 23 hours out of the day? No, you can't guarantee that. You can't guarantee anything. What you can do, though, is to attempt to set a certain pattern and a certain set of habits in the life of your child when it comes to video games. And so that means that as Christmas shopping time comes, if that's the direction that you want to go with your family, spend some time looking into it. It's not that hard. I mean, now 
with with the internet and our connectivity to one another, you can do the kind of research you need to do on the video games that you're looking for with your children really quickly. Not it doesn't take very long at all to figure all of that out. And sometimes your child may come to you and say, "I want such and such a video game," and you may say, mm, "I don't know. Let me look into it." Um, and and your answer might be, "I don't know. I'm still I'm still wrestling with that. I'm still looking at it." You might come in and set the kind of time parameters uh, on your children and then decide that you need to alter them. Maybe you say, you know what, I think in in this case, maybe this particular child, uh, it's okay if he has a little more time with his video games. Or this particular child is having some attention problems and maybe even this limited amount of time that we've given for video gaming is too much for him or for her. And you, you learn from that. And by trial and error, you reset them. That's okay. That's okay. You're going to be doing that all the time when it comes to parenting. But I don't think we ought to respond by saying, video games, let's just keep them out of the house altogether. I think there's a better way than that. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.